the symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, fellow Skywatchers from all parts of the globe. We're back live on air once again on this beautiful evening, March 19th, 2014. Broadcasting uh, live from New Logic Studios in Miami. I'm, of course, Angel, one of your hosts. And my partner over here, as always, is Alan. What's up, buddy? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. It was a wonderful weekend, and I'm looking forward to the next weekend coming around the corner. Every day is a present, isn't it? Every day is just a gift. Yeah, well, we can argue that one. Well, every day is a gift. I mean, we, you know, something happened this weekend that really made, uh, you know, makes uh, makes you think about yeah. how mortal you are. And I just want to, you know, j- jump right into that. I don't like. I don't want to get too, uh, you know, comical right now or joke around too much because something really uh, bad happened this weekend. And you know, while I had a nice weekend, and I'm sure a lot of folks who are listening in had a nice weekend, we lost somebody in ufology this past week. Uh, which meant a lot to a lot of folks, myself included, and uh, someone who I just spoke to recently and had a lot of respect for, Dr. Roger Lear, passed away. And I just want to open up the show tonight uh, to dedicate this show to him. Um, yeah, he was about to get listening. We were actually about to have him on in the next uh, couple of months. He, of course, had uh, you know been through some health problems in the last uh, six, eight months, and uh, he was in the hospital uh, actually for some surgery and tragically passed away of a heart attack and my deepest condolences to him and his family i mean what a a remarkable man the work he was doing let me tell you something folks uh he is a pioneer okay and and for people who don't know who roger uh, lear is i have an audio clip i'm going to play in a few minutes for you guys uh but roger lear was an an implant uh, pioneer see i'm all tongue-tied alan uh an implant pioneer you want me to talk about him i'll I'll take over if you're that if you're that tongue twisted over it no 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 I got it, I got it. But, uh, you know, he is survived by his wife and his daughter. Now, the reason I say he's an implant pioneer, because in ufology, uh, he is one of the first guys who said, you know what, Uh, let's take this serious and see what, you know, what's there. And uh, he didn't, you know, he a lot of times didn't even charge for people to come in and uh, have uh, consultations and stuff with them so they look at what they have. Uh, Just a a remarkable human being and uh, really a a very nice person. You know, uh, Alan, like, like I said earlier, you know, I got to talk to him uh, briefly uh, recently, and uh, mm-hmm. just uh, I, I was amazed how nice and approachable he was. Uh, I'm I'm really, really, uh, you know, just devastated over his loss, man. It's just, a, you know, this has been just a rough few months. We lost uh, Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Lloyd Pied, uh, you know, a few months ago, and and now Doctor Lear is just, uh, man, it's tough. It's really tough. We're gonna have Jose Escamilla on in a little bit. He's actually good friend. He was really, really good friends with uh, Roger Lear, and he has some nice words that he wants to say about his uh, good friend, uh, Doctor Roger Lear. But uh, I want to open up with that because it really is just uh, you know one of the. And this is the thing. Obviously, we all 
got to die sometime, right? You know, that's the nature of life. We pass away. Sadly Absolutely. enough. Um, I think the best but, statement was this life is only preparation for the next uh, life. And the best thing that you could do in this life is to love and be loved. And that's all you really need to be here to do before you move on. Um, I know that's um, sounding really nice, low tone and mellow, but, you know, that's that's a good it's a good saying that I saw the other day. No, it's it's extremely well said. Uh, you know, we're only here for a short period of time, folks, and to lose two pioneers in the field, it's really tough. And, you know, a lot of people will call them the old guard or say or whatever, and it's true that a lot of the, uh, the people in ufology are getting older and are passing away. And it's a shame because now who's going to be the person in charge to continue this person's work forward? And this is very, very important work what uh, Dr. Lear was doing. So I'm curious to see who's going to be that next ufologist who comes forward and, and takes the mantle. Uh, of what he was doing, uh, but just well, I don't know if there's a complete directory of who's in ufology and who's not and what they're capable of, and what they're not. Yeah, maybe there should be something online as a real directory of the paranormal who to go to and who to reach out to, so we know who's available and who's not. Well, who is available? That's the question. Is there anybody available? I don't know. I mean, his work in you know pulling out and doing surgical procedures taking the alien implants and these little pieces of god knows what uh out of people i don't know anybody else that was really focused on it and doing it um although if anybody that's a listener that's uh in our network tonight i'd love to hear who else is doing it because off the top of my head i personally don't know no and our call-in number is by the way don't forget to mention 786-245-8127. Seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. We really would love to hear from you guys, so please call on in. Especially if you've met Doctor Lear and you want to just uh, you know give your two cents on on what he meant to ufology or to you or to science in general. Because you know this man, let's let's face it, he was a scientist, a doctor. Uh, you know, ufology came later in his life, and he spent the last you know what fifteen twenty years, uh, you know, doing these tours and talking about the implants and stuff like that. But for a good portion of his life, I mean, this wasn't really the main focus uh, or even a focus in his life, you know? Uh, I, in the Citizens' Hearing, he even said that if you would have asked him 25, 30 years ago or whatever it was, uh, that he'll be doing this right now, he'll look at you and say, you're crazy. You know, because that wasn't even something that he was, you know, into. Uh, you know, he dramatically advanced the research into uh, physical evidence of uh, close encounter, of the close encounter experience. And that is something that, again, he's a pioneer and you got to, you know, always... you got to uh, respect him for like it that. and you've got to be impressed, him, you know? yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, this... I, you, this guy made breakthrough research, you know, and, you know, he, it, what he did to validate alien implants and the alien trackers or whatever exactly they do um, is beyond what most other people have done to validate and prove that there's something out there. Yeah, now, now check this out. In addition to the uh, studies at Southwest, uh, Southwest Research, the objects were scientifically investigated by others in, of the most prestigious laboratories in the world, including Los Alamos, National Labs, New Mexico's Tech, uh, SEAL Laboratories, University of Toronto, New uh, York University, and University of California. They all collaborated uh, with Dr. Lear in investigating a lot of the implants that he worked on. And I think it was like somewhere in the, the late teens, like 17, 18 implants that he removed. Uh, and not, of course, not all of them uh, came back with something out of this world or extraterrestrial looking or really creepy or weird. But there were some of them that, 
you know, were really just a, a head scratcher, man. And I, I saw a couple of videos uh, over the weekend, just uh, you know, remembering Doctor Lear and just uh, looking up at the stuff that he had done. And there really were a couple of uh, of really interesting implants that uh, that he removed. That I don't know what's happened to that research, but I'm dying to like do a little bit more, you know, research myself and see what exactly happened uh, to those implants and who else or who has uh, them in their possession right now. Uh, but th- just uh, to you know, put himself like that in this uh, field, considering that he was a very respectable doctor for a very long time, is just an amazing, uh, amazing thing. And again, true enough, just uh, one of the uh, the greats. I'm gonna play the audio clip that I have here of uh, Dr. Lear. Uh, this is a tribute to him, and we're gonna come back with Jose Escamilla on the line with us. And uh, of course, Jose Escamilla, he was on with us not long ago. Um, no, he wasn't. No, no. No, and I'm sure he's got some insightful words, and I'm sure he'll also tell us what what's new in his world of ufology as well, too. So, guys, stay tuned. Sorry we're a little bit more somber and more not as lively as usual. Besides, obviously, you know, the loss here, you know, we're also in recovery from the holiday of St. Patrick's Day as well, too. So oh, yeah. Take Hangover that into account still, as well, too. It lingers. Yeah. It lingers, but uh, check this, this is, uh, again, uh, audio of uh, Dr. Roger Lear and one of his implants, and uh, we'll be back with uh, Jose Escamilla. One and only Dr. Lear, who removed today his 18th implant, 17th implant. Uh, tell us uh, about today. Well, it was a very exciting day because when you uh, do one of these procedures and uh, you actually uh, take out something that you uh, suspect is from somewhere else, and things uh, work out according to a plan. It's uh, quite a good feeling. Uh, We had the uh, object show up on an x-ray and on a CAT scan. And uh, when we did the surgery today, we had some difficult finding it on the ultrasound. So uh, that, you know, kind of added to the intrigue. You know, is it there? Is it not there? Did somebody take it out? You know, uh, where did it go? But we finally located it and went uh, directly into the spot where it showed uh, the ultrasound and uh, isolated it uh, almost immediately and took it out all in one piece with the uh, soft surrounding soft tissue attached. Uh, that will go to a um, to a uh, biological laboratory, pathology lab, and uh, we'll look for uh, rejection signs and inflammatory signs, inflammatory cells, or nerve cells, and then the uh, the metal portion of it will go to a metallurgical lab uh, probably on Monday and uh, we'll start doing a testing of the metals. Well, I think it went very well once we found the object. Um, the uh, the object was very easy to find an ultrasound um, previously, but um, for some reason uh, it almost disappeared this time. It was very difficult to find again. It almost seemed like the device was in a different state this time. Um, rendering it uh, almost invisible to ultrasound. This device appears, at least superficially, similar to about seven others that um, uh, Rogers removed from patients over the years. Um, cylindrical with a uh, conductive uh, ray membrane surrounding them. Um, and uh, the devices often have a magnetic field. Uh, one very unusual thing that happened today is that the magnetic field... 
All right, everybody, we're back on uh, Skywatchers Radio. That was, of course, the uh, late Dr. Roger Lear on one of his uh, many implants, uh, one of his, I think, most uh, famous cases. But right now we're joined by Jose Escamilla, a man who knew him very well. Jose, uh, welcome to Skywatchers Radio, my friend. And, uh, uh, you know, I would hate to uh, to bring somebody on on such uh, bad, you know, news, but I knew you knew him really, really, really well, and I want to have you on this, uh, this week to kind of uh, tell the folks, you know, who your friend was, because you knew him a little bit more personal than we knew, uh, you know, Dr. Lear. Yeah, well, you know, he um, he was originally, uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you people how uh, he got involved in this. Originally, he was uh, um, studying to be a dentist. He was getting into the field of dentistry. And um, a friend of his in college, he said, hey, how would you like to see a, podiatrist in action, and he goes, what's a podiatrist? He says, well, it's a guy that works on feet. And so Roger, you know, he, he you know, had a bright mind, so he says, yeah, I'll go check it out. So he went and saw this guy do a seminar, and uh, he was truly bored. I mean, he was bored to tears with this podiatrist. So um, as he was walking away, though, uh, his friend came back and says, hey, man, he wants to invite you to come and see a surgery. And so Roger, you know, knowing that dentistry, you know, you do surgery and dentistry, you know, he, he said, I'll, I'll go check this out, you know, see this guy operate on this person's foot. So he goes to the thing, and uh, he was really intrigued, and he decided, instead of being a dentist, he decided to do, uh, you know, uh, podiatry. So he got into, he became a podiatrist after that. And the first time that he um, got into the abduction and uh, in, uh, alien implant stuff, uh, his friend again invited him to go to a MUFON meeting. And I forget what year it was, quite a while ago. And uh, Roger didn't know what MUFON was. He thought it was a place where they make muffins or something. So uh, <laughs> the guy took him to this MUFON meeting, and there was a lady that was a state section director at that time. And he was a pro, he, he saw the program, and he was really, in, you know, involved in the, you know, totally. Um, got surprised about the subject matter and everything else. And a couple of people approached him and told him that uh, they had two friends in Texas that had been abducted by aliens and that had implants, one under the hand and one on her foot. And Roger, you know, being a little skeptical, he just says, you know, he said, well, I, I don't know about that. And he just walked away from them, you know, thinking it was BS. And the lady, the state section director, said, Roger, come and listen to him, man. This is, uh, this is what we do here, and these are valid cases. And he says, all right, all right, I'll give it a listen. So the people told him that um, these people in Texas didn't have insurance, so they couldn't afford to get operated on there in Texas. And Roger, being who he is, he said, well, I'll tell you what. I'm interested in seeing what you talk about. if you get them here to L.A. and bring them to my office, I'll do the surgeries on them for free. So sure enough, these people flew in a few weeks later, and Roger uh, had a, uh, a, another surgeon with him that operated on the lady's hand, and then uh, he did the foot, and they came out with these two implants, and he at that from that point on, he was totally sold that there was something crazy going on, and uh, the rest is history, but that's how he got involved in uh, UFOs and things. Wow. Let me tell you something. It takes a really, really brave individual to jump into this field, especially when you're a doctor and you can take another avenue to make and be very successful, make money. It, it, you know, my hats off to him for actually diving into this thing. And you know, we said earlier, uh, Jose, you know, who would be able to take the mantle now moving forward? Who do you think uh, is out there? Is there anybody out there that would be continuing like his work or 
Um, who would be the next person, I guess, we could look for? Because, I mean, you don't really think of anybody off the top of your head when you think of, like, the work that he was doing, other than him. Yeah, well, you know, he had a lot of surgeons that were friends of his that collaborated with him. However, at one time, he nearly lost his uh, podiatry license and his, you know, practicing medicine because he was delving into the fringe areas of science, you know? Right. And, yep. and so uh, a lot of these other surgeons and podiatrists that may want to carry the torch further, uh, they'd ha- they'd be afraid of reprisal like that, that they might lose their licenses and never be able to work in the medical field. So that's the only problem that I see. And I don't know of anyone. I mean, I, I know that Daryl Sims, his former partner, he's still doing stuff with uh, implants and things in Texas, but I don't think he's doing it that much anymore. Mm. And... Plus, he wasn't a surgeon. He's, you know, he's a former CIA guy and military stuff. But um, I don't know. I don't think there's ever going to be anyone that can replace uh, Roger unless, like I say, somebody says, you know, screw this. This is valid scientific uh, data and uh, want to pursue it further and see what uh, they can uncover. But the ground that uh, Roger broke uh, will never be matched as far as I'm concerned. He... He did yep. some important discoveries, man, that prove there are aliens among us, or at least alien implants. Right, yeah. No, it, like I said uh, earlier, he's a, definitely a pioneer, man, and uh, he's going to be missed. And, you know, I, I've spoken to him over the years a couple times on email and, and Facebook, but uh, thanks to you, I actually got to speak to him on the phone and uh, and uh, have a few minutes with him uh, before, you know, we lost him. And I thank you for that because, uh, you know, now that he's gone, it really means a lot to know that at least I was able to make that contact. And it's sadly enough, uh, folks, you know, he's not going to be able to be on the show, but he did say that he would be on the show in the next few months. Uh, it's just uh, it's just a ter- terrible tragedy, man. Yeah, it Such is. Nice and, uh, you know, we were best of friends. I've known him for 20 years. And uh, yeah. I just can't believe he's gone. It's just, I mean, we spoke every day. You know, I've been working on his latest film. And it was going to be finished in two, three weeks, man. The film was tell, us about the, tell us about the movie. What's the, the movie uh, looking like? Well, actually, it's a parody on Star Trek type of thing. Oh. And he plays this Admiral Quark. Interesting. Uh, Captain Quark, <laughs> you know. And he's got this zany crew of scientists, and uh, Jordan Maxwell plays a cardinal in it. And it's nice. a group of uh, a group of people that are in space, traveling through the universe, and uh, visiting planets, and delivering truth about what's going on. You know, like about alien abductions, about implants, about UFO sightings, about secret societies. I mean, uh, Jordan's in it, and. It, it's a very funny film, man. And, and Roger was playing uh, this uh, stoner captain of the ship. <laughs> and uh, uh, in one scene, he's smoking this pipe that was given to him by his friend, <coughs> Cap- uh, uh, Captain Putz, out of, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the galaxies. And he's showing it to his lady, uh, Admiral. Her name is uh, Admiral T, which is Tara Scheibel. And... Uh, she said, you know, you're not supposed to be smoking in, in, the, in the ship here. And he says, oh, this is my medical uh, uh, medicine, <laughs> medical purposes only. And he takes big puffs and he floods the room with it and he's all stoned. And then later on, uh, she comes upon him again. She goes, what's going on, man? And he says, well, you know, these dilithium crystals have been disappearing and somebody's been taking them and... And she goes, you haven't been smoking those, have you? <laughs> and sure enough, he's all, he's all stoned. But, uh, That's just wrong. He was, oh, was, I got to see this. <laughs> it was a great, it was a great, uh, it's, it's going to be a good film. And, and you know, unfortunately, he, he, uh, 
he won't be able to see it finished. And he wanted so much to see it finished. And he said, remark one time, he says, you know, I hope I don't die before this thing's over. Oh, you know, because no I've been working it on a year and four months, and it's like the, it took forever because it was all shot in green screen. And um, the studio where we shot the green screen scenes, you know, the whole, it was like seven cameras and everything, they embedded mm -hmm. time code inside the videos. So I was on, I, there was a lot of footage that we were not able to use. You know, and so um, I had to work around that. And plus, I built the spaceship. I built the aliens and the the Earth scenes and the space scenes and everything. You know, basically, I've done it all on uh, Adobe After Effects and Cinema 4D, and uh, they come out pretty good. The scenes, you know, I've gotten a lot better. But uh, God bless that. You know, um, he's not going to be able to see the film. I know that when we premiere it, he'll be there watching it. You know. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, it'll be it'll be a nice send off, uh, you know, for him to put that out. So I hope you uh, you do release it. Now, how are you looking to release that on the internet or uh, major release? Uh, after I'm finished with it, I'm handing it over to uh, the owners of it. You know, it was Roger and uh, Alan Schwartz and this other guy uh, created it, and so you know, I'm handing it over to them. I'm just the uh, editor and special visual effects guy. So. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do that, but uh, definitely it'll be something to watch. Oh, man, please keep me updated on that. I definitely want to uh, get more information. We'll do, man. This is ready. Yeah, we'll do that. that sounds, sounds like a lot of fun. And it's, a, again, a, a nice tribute send-off, you know, to uh, to Dr. Roger Lear. Uh, you know, he look, he he died the way he, uh, you know, he wanted. He died doing what he loved. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's just taken so suddenly from us. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. It really, it really is sad. We've had, you know, the last few months, you know, I was saying earlier, we've lost, uh, you know, Lloyd Pye, uh, now Dr. Lear. It, it seems like uh, the old guard men, you know, they're leaving us. You know, we lost Jesse Marcel Jr. not long ago also, and uh, it's tough, man. You know, the, the important people in ufology seem to be dropping off, and uh, I don't see really any replacements, you know, for, that are solid and real pioneers like these people, uh, you know, coming forward or or being developed, or somehow, you know, being discovered, or talking, or coming. Yeah, is anybody being groomed to replace? Were there any, any understudies? Uh, were there, you know, was anybody else really listening and studying? Well, you know, I, 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 I do believe there were some some people that were uh, uh, co-researching with Lloyd Pye. Of course, he's the head dude, man, but, you know, he's gone. And I spoke with him a yep. couple of times before he passed away. You know, I was in touch with him when he was in Europe trying to get uh, that cancer. It was a ball, uh, a baseball-sized tumor on his stomach. Man, yeah, you know? man, I, and that was so crazy. That cause, yeah, you know, so, uh, that that thing just crept up from like one day to the next too with Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange circumstances, you know. And uh, Kevin Smith too. Kevin Smith. Yes, I know. Uh, yeah. We feel he was probably taken out, you know, because he, he was scared. Uh, he kept moving around saying that, you know, he knew they were going to get him eventually. And we just didn't know who he was talking about, but then suddenly he's gone, well, you know. What do you think about that? Do you think there might be something to that? Because, man, it, it does seem like uh, the old guard are dropping off pretty quick here. I don't know. I don't want to open up a bucket of worms, but um, I don't know. Even Roger's death is screwed up, man. I mean, you know, he went to the hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, he was in there at 1.30 p.m., or that's when he passed away, but he was in there. They, they were prepping him for surgery. I mean, they'd taken his blood tests and blood, sh right. uh, blood sugar and, you know, uh, blood pressure, everything, man. No indication of any heart problems. So mm. he said, okay, before we start, i got to go pee, man. So he went to the men's room, and he had a freaking heart attack. 
So, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I, like I say, I don't want to open up any controversies, and I don't know the details of his death, really. Well, but, obviously, uh, it, all just, the topics we talk about have no conspiracy theories involved with them at all. At all. So, yeah, none, you know, yeah. if, <laughs> if you did throw the question out there, obviously, I'm sure someone's going to at least look into it to try yeah. and validate it if if you want. I mean, I, I imagine I'll find out eventually, the, you know, see his death certificate or something, but he's just when gone they, too soon, man. Just gone too when are they going to do the, when are they going to have the funeral? Do you know uh, if, if anybody wants to, like, send flowers or any donations to the family? Is there a way that, that we could uh, get that to uh, them? You can go to scalpel, alienscalpel.com and donate there. Uh, okay. The memorial is happening tomorrow, and I was just talking with Richard Shaw about you know getting him flowers and bringing his flowers. But I go, you know what, dude? Then they're going to have to carry those things, and if there's tons of flowers there, they're going to have to carry them back, you know, to Thousand Oaks. It might be just too, a little bit too much of a burden, but um, let's just donate a couple of hundred, man. You know that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, go to the Alien Scalpel or AlienScalpel dot com. And contribute, and you know, donate anything you can, as much as you can afford. Definitely. How's his but, family holding up? Are they, are they doing well? Well, I've been I've been talking with only with his daughter. I haven't talked to his wife. I'll meet her. I haven't ever met his wife actually. I'll, I'll be meeting her tomorrow for the first time. But his daughter, Shaina, Shaina, has been taking it, uh, you know, in stride. It's just, uh, you know, taking it the best way she can. You know. It's tough, man. It's tough losing a parent, losing a child, either or. It's just uh, the worst thing in the world, man. It really is. Yeah, it is, and and it's. Um, I mean, I lost my mom in 2011, mm. and um, I got ill. You know, I got sick over that. Mm. You know, because I held a lot of it in. But um, yeah, it's you know when you lose somebody close like this, it, you know, it, it just hits your soul. You know, and uh, Roger was just that kind of person that you know you just. He just adored that man, you know. He was just great, yeah. great individual. I'm Real really nice. sad about that. Real nice man, he really was. Um, and uh, please uh, give his family my deepest condolences, and from all of us here on uh, Skywatchers Radio and Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. I mean, we really are be, all morning. We're all morning, brother. We really are. Thank you for uh, joining us uh, here in the first segment, man. We really appreciate your, you know, taking your time. I know that it's been a rough week, and I know that you're a busy man. So thank you for being yeah. here with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for talking I, with us. I, I, I appreciate you doing this, Roger. I, you know, God bless you guys for doing this. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Have a good evening. You too. Have a great night. Take care, buddy. All right. God bless. Bye. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the uh, world-famous Jose Escamilla. And, um, man, just a, a terrible, terrible, terrible... Uh, tragedy, losing Dr. Roger Lear and uh, Lloyd Pye and, you know, Jesse Marcello uh, Jr., you know, um, all these uh, great individuals uh, in ufology uh, are, you know, no longer with us. And unfortunately, uh, folks, you know, we all got to move forward and life does go on. And, you know, now we're going to go on. And, in fact, we're going to go on a commercial break here in a short minute. And when we return from the break on the other side, we're going to uh, <clears throat> lift our spirits a little bit because I know we're all kind of on a downer. And we're going to talk to Brent Holland. 
who's going to join us, and he's going to be our guest for the next hour. Uh, Brent Holland is a really good dude. I just met him recently, and um, uh, you're going to really love uh, talking to or listening to this man. Uh, he's a multi-award-winning music composer for feature films and television, having composed actually also for NASA, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, PBS, CBC, SRC, CTV, TVA, and a bunch of other uh, acronyms for bigger conglomerate companies that are owned by the New World Order, I think. But yeah, anyway, it's like he's going through the alphabet there, you know. You're welcome. But he's uh, he's a really nice uh, gentleman, and uh, he is the author of a JFK uh, book. JFK uh, says J. It's called J.F. Kennedy assassination, based on exclusive, explosive revelations made by the uh, by JFK's closest aide. Ted Sorensen, uh, who Mr. Holland interviewed three times, not once, but three times. And uh, you guys know I'm fascinated by the uh, JFK assassination. So Yeah, wasn't uh, really... he the guy that actually uh, put together the uh, letter to uh, Castro about the Cuban Missile Crisis? He might have been. We could ask him I, when we I, get him I, on I think that he's the guy, yeah. Could be. Guys, we're going to come back with uh, Brett Holland here in a, in a couple minutes, so just uh, stick around. This is the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. We'll be right back. I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Only in the forest can you see this. But nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. 
There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. And you might just see this. Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. All systems are functional. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. Is there life on other planets? This is nuclear physicist Stanton Friedman, and now I'm a voice in the Jackal's head. It's the government keeping secrets from us. This is Stephen Bassett, and uh, I am now a voice inside the Jackal's head. Want to find out more? Listen to the Jackal's head. The biggest trick the Jackal ever pulled was to convince the world <laughs> that he doesn't exist. You're listening to Dark Matter Radio Network. Everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio Live, of course, on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. I want to welcome everybody who is listening in and encourage you to please call in. We really would like to hear from you. And I know our guest, Brent Holland, would love to hear from you tonight. Uh, call in number is 786-245-8127. You can also reach us through Skype by looking up at PSN Radio. And we will also take your, uh, you know, your comments from chat. If you have any questions, you know, we'll read them on air. Check us out on psn-radio.com. Go to the uh, chat room there and, uh, you know, whatever questions you have, we'll read them on air. Uh, also, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. And now we have our guest, Mr. Brent Holland. Brent, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I have to tell you, it's a real treat and a real pleasure. I wish it was on better circumstances, though. What a bummer. Uh, we really know, lost agreed. one of the great ones. You know when when I booked you, you when I booked you last week I was like yeah we're gonna have a great time Brenton's gonna be on he's such a great guest it's gonna be a lot of fun and then Doctor Rogers later passes away and I'm like bummer now that my whole week is ruined yeah you know and you're quite right you were saying in the in the first part of the hour that I guess we're at that stage now when we're starting to lose a lot of the legends I noticed Correct, that yeah. in the, you know I do a lot of the Kennedy assassination thing too mm-hmm. yep and you know, just recently we've lost uh, James Take, who was an inadvertently responsible for the magic bullet. He was the third person hit in Dealey Plaza that day, besides Governor Connolly and the president. And uh, because of him, the Warren Commission had to run back and scrap their first report and invent this magic bullet, because now they had four wounds that they had to account for with only three bullets. So we just lost him. What a shame. And Ted mm. Sorensen passed away a few years ago. Uh, he was JFK's speechwriter, my friend. And, um, yeah, so I guess, you know, uh, I had um, 
uh, Stan Friedman on the show, and everybody knows Stan. God love him. He's a great guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good people. And he was saying, you know, it's a rush to the uh, to the graveyard because a lot of these first-person witnesses are starting to pass away now. Mm-hmm. And it's so, just so tragic, you know. We grew up thinking that they're never going to get old. They're never going to leave us. <laughs> yeah. and we'll have them forever. And gee whiz, life is uh, fleeting at best, isn't it, guys? Uh, it's it's incredible, you know. And of course, uh, not to forget uh, Jesse Marcel Jr. who passed away again. Absolutely, yeah. That long ago, and yeah. you know, it's it's funny, Brent, looking at some of these people that are you know passed away, and and looking at the you know what's left of ufology. There really uh, doesn't seem to be anybody, or you, not even just ufology, but you can count the paranormal, conspiracy, uh, across the board. Anything that deals with these kind of subjects that we talk about on this show and other shows like ours, um, you know, th- you know the the faces. Uh, that are coming forward are not really at, to the same level in some sense. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but uh, for example, like we were saying earlier, we don't know who the next Roger Lear is. I mean, it, who's going to be that next pioneer? Who's going to take you know that mantle and and run with it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I know I could I could say this. I'd nominate Jesse Marcel the Third for ufology to continue that work. I mean, oh, he's, he's well-spoken great. guy, and he's yeah, fluent, great. and he he's up to date on everything. He might not be a bad person to pass the torch to. Yeah. But, you know, who's out there that we don't know about, you know, that we should know about? That's the real question. Maybe I, someone from the ranks is going to rise up unexpectedly. Let's hope. But who are in the ranks now? That's the real question. Yeah. yeah I think right now the one person uh, that I – one of the people that I respect the most, I got to say, in ufology is obviously Stephen Bassett. So if I'm going to say anybody deserves to have, uh, you know, people back him up right now with the work he's doing is Steve Bassett and obviously Jose Escamilla and the stuff that he's doing also. It's just amazing work. But, um, yeah, I mean – who's going to be that next person because we're not all going to be around forever and this begs the question uh, if the government stays silent enough for a long period and a lot of these folks you know do pass away how long will it be until the population just doesn't care anymore I don't know if that will ever happen because um, there's so many great shows like your own that cover this topic and they cover it very very well there's so much interest on the internet it's played a key role in keeping these things alive and, you know, with the advent of, of cell phones, every cell phone has a telephone. It has also something called a camera in it with incredible resolution that I'm embarrassed to say even five years ago, it's better than my handheld camera. And getting yeah. better by yeah. the day. Hold on, right. hold on, hold on, hold on. Great resolution, great resolution doesn't mean it's light sensitive enough to catch what's flying in the sky at night that's true no that's a very good point actually that's a very valid point but i'll tell you what we're not that far off uh, you know the, no, the really galaxy g5 is coming out now with what is it 16 megapixel and yeah but it still doesn't have night incredible. vision incredible well no it doesn't you can get an app for that though uh, yeah but the app needs to have yeah the app doesn't work maybe for the first three feet in front of you but nothing more than that come on well, you know, that might be true. And, and those night vision apps, all they do is paint the screen you're looking at green. They yeah, even you know have what? a thermal I'll, one, too, that makes a, anything moving look like it's got a, a temperature signature. You know, there's I, don't think we're, I don't think we're that far off, though, Alan, really, from having that right in the palm of our hands on smartphones. It, it would be nice, but I don't think it's going to be cost-effective just yet. Trust me, uh, can you imagine what would happen if people had night vision cameras on their phones? Oh, man. Okay, not just on the ufology side, but, you know, there's, yeah, for everything. We'll just leave it at that. It's, you know, just like, just like we need now more surveillance, 
you know, it, what is it? Facebook now, the new Facebook app gives you per, gives Facebook the permission, whether you acknowledge it or not, to turn your microphone or camera on whenever they choose to or want to. Is really? that right? Yep. Yeah. The, the new app that you download, the new update, uh, has that in its terms of service. Yep. All right. Just give me a second. I'm going to go put a pair of pants on. <laughs> and I have to warn the audience listening and you guys too don't be too judgmental if you're getting a visual right now remember I'm in Canada Canada's cold that's all I'm going to say Canadian bacon <laughs> Canadian bacon so, I was thinking so, more of shrinkage anyways yeah, I was going to say pre-cooked or cooked pre-cooked or cooked bacon it's not even a sausage it's like you flattened it bacon with bacon bits. Bacon bits. Oh god, that's just that's just wrong. But no, actually, that that fun. did want yeah. me to bring up a topic here. I don't know Please. if anybody here saw it or not. Uh, has anybody heard about this new Ukraine video that showed up, where they actually videotaped on March sixth of twenty fourteen, uh, possibly a large cigar shaped flying saucer in the Ukraine near Chernobyl. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, if you want, I I posted over a link to it earlier. And funny as it is, where I found it was a very reputable source, the Huffington Post. They're very reputable. Yeah, it's not like the, the sun. No. Yeah. Wow, this is interesting. Yeah, I will take a look at Brent, that. Brent, I don't know if you could see that link or not. I yes, just I can. put it I up. Just, uh... And I don't know if, Angel, you want to actually... Uh, put that up on the website uh, and in the chat room for people to look at, but I was a little bit on the amazed side with it. Um, it does, That's very good. Yeah, it's a good find, man. It, it, it does not look like smoke and mirrors when I usually call on a UFO scene bat squatch, um, <laughs> which if, Brent, you've heard our show once or twice before, you'll understand where that comes from. Um, <laughs> yeah, instead of bat... Uh, <clears throat> it, no, 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 no. There was a gentleman... Uh, who was on the show with us a couple of months back. I'm not trying to beat him up for it, but instead of there being a Sasquatch, <laughs> um, he was telling us about uh, a, 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 a... It's Sasquatch another phenomenon called Bat Squatch. Right, Bat Squatch. But he was telling me the wings are only 10 feet in length. And, and it has the, the head of a bat. And it has the head of a bat. And with the, That's the coolest thing ever. It sounds cool, but he's telling us that it can fly. And I called, I don't believe it, because the weight of something the size of a Sasquatch needs to have a larger wingspan to be able to lift it up in the air. Wow. So that's why I call it Bat-Squatch. Bat-Squatch. That sounds like a good description for it. Do you think it could be a hybrid of something? Um, I, I don't know. There seems know. to be a lot of hybrids emerging right now. That's why I'm just curious. Well, oh, you know, and, I, and I'm curious with hybrids. Maybe you guys could clarify some of this i'm wondering if it's just your average animal species trying to survive and if there's not enough in the in the community if you will to mate with they have to look outside outside their species yeah maybe just to self uh survive i don't know what do you guys think interesting but i would think possibility it's a possibility but i would bring up the question as being not the bad cop on this show. By the way, we we did find a picture for Bat Squatch, and I just linked it to you here on Skype, uh, Brent. I want you to look at that real quick. Uh, it's just an amazing description of the. Uh, <laughs> Is that the, my photo that I found? 
Yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> picture. I'm going to post it over on Facebook, everybody. Facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. Uh, the Bat Squatch image. Now. I recognize, I'm sure I dated his sister at one point. <laughs> you know, you probably did. He is from the South, I hear, this Bat Squatch. <laughs> Uh, well, well, I'm not going to say nothing because, uh, yeah. <laughs> but jumping Do I hear a banjo? No. No, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> then there's some mighty, mighty pretty lips there. Um, <laughs> Past the moonshine. Oh, Wait, boy, we're going off topic. Okay. <laughs> no kidding. Right, exactly. But if anybody wants to see what's making us laugh so much, go to our Facebook uh, page and you'll check it out and there. And by the Batsquatch. way, call in if anybody has sighted a Batsquatch, please. Oh, please do that. Uh, please, I'd please, love please, to hear uh, from please. you. I, I, yeah, we really need that. Um, but, Brent, what uh, yeah. about the hybrid thing, you know, as the – not the debunker, but the more analytical person or not the bad cop, but the, guy, the number cruncher guy. My no, question, no, 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 bad cop. You, you got it okay, right the fine. first time. Okay, okay, fine. Call me the bad cop. Just say it right. My yeah. question about that would be is sure. because pheromones play a really significant role in mating rituals in animals right. – how would the pheromone difference and attractant let one animal get near the other if they're interbreeding? Well, I can only speak for Canada because uh, anything goes in Canada, as you know. We have oh, gay yeah, I saw that chairs. video. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. Well, there's uh, no, you know, so gay that's marriage the only... is fine. You know, they yeah. should, everybody should be able to suffer like anybody else that's right, suffer right, when right. they get married. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, coming from a heterosexual background, there could be many advantages. You know, you could actually go to sleep after and um, watch hmm. the game together and not argue. And those people are happy, man. They have, like, parades. Like, they march and, like, they, they get all happy. And they oh, you ever been in one? They're fun. They're a, they're a blast. Anybody I've never been in one, but I tell you what, I, I love parades. I mean, there you go. Dude, something, you they must be doing something right. I don't go know. down to Key West to Fantasy Fest and the stuff you'll see. Will be really, really entertaining to say the least for you. Go oh, for it, man. Well, I'm not that far out from there, actually. I'm, That's what I'm saying. You can make man, the trip. Yeah, I don't think I want to do that. I don't think I want to make that trip. But you know, the reason why I bring this up because you guys had mentioned Bigfoot before, and you know, I've done a few shows on Bigfoot, but there's another anomaly that has come to my attention. I did a show um, on. I guess I. I tend to call it a werewolf, but it's certainly not a werewolf, folks, in the Hollywood sense. It's a creature that stands upright that looks like a wolf. And I'm wondering where these creatures are coming from because this isn't just, it's like UFOs, right? It's not just one or two people that have had maybe too many beers or something and they're up at right. the cottage, right? I mean, these these people, uh, they're oh, encroaching right. on small I cities. I keep on forgetting Canada doesn't have cabins. You guys have cottages. Right. Cottages, yeah, okay. uh, or cabins, or whatever you want to call them. But you know, you get the idea. Like they're encroaching more and more, also, on civilized areas. On what I would call, well, in Canada, there's a lot of uncivilized people here. Well, what do you what do you think the possibilities are, uh, Brent? That uh, yeah. drugs are just getting better and better, <laughs> and more legal and more legal. Yeah, isn't yeah. that straight? You know, we fought all these years. This is the dynamic that I can't figure out. We fought like hell all these years to ban cigarettes because we knew they were bad for our lungs and the kids and stuff. You know, you don't want your kids smoking. Well, hold on, hold right. on. It's not the sure, tobacco. Ahead, it's all the chemicals that they're putting in. It's, yeah, the, every, it's, it's not the tobacco yeah. that's bad. It's the chemicals. There's over 172 different 
cancerous causing chemicals that are embedded in ta- in tobacco yeah. that that are cigarettes. It's not it, the tobacco. It's it's like they're like they're telling you smoke this. We're trying to kill you. Well, yeah. the whole thing is, is they put in all the preservatives because they had to stay in the machines for so long. Right. You know, that's it's all the preservatives. You know, it, it's and all that scary though. Alan and Brent, it's scary when you think about everything around us is you know, has cancer-causing properties in it. Uh, there's a report that came out not long ago about McDonald's having uh, chemicals in their food, which have been proven to be cancer-causing uh, chemicals. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it, it's in our food. Right. It's in cigarettes. It, it's in everything. Sodas. I mean, you can't escape some of these chemicals. My question is, why are they using these chemicals in our food, in our products, in shampoos, in everything? Sterility and population it? control. Exactly. That's one of the main reasons. That's exactly one of the main reasons. But what what needs to be done to get these companies to stop using these products? Well, we the people. And, uh, you know, democracies in Canada, too. Democ- I tell people all the time on my show, democracy is this precious gem. And you is, have yeah. to be interactive. You cannot just sit back. If you don't like what's going on, you got to get up and do something about it. We have the ability... To do that, mm-hmm. a lot of people have put their lives down so we can have that right to march and speak out against the government if we're not happy. We also have the right to run and do and make the change ourselves. So um, I'm all for uh, taking action nonviolently. I'm a big fan of Dr. King's, and I remember when Dr. King was alive. Yeah, I'm an old fart, folks. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the templates are there for change. And don't think one person cannot make change because they can. And I'll reference Dr. King once again. So I think that uh, you have to be very proactive in a non-violent somewhat uh not to say you don't have to be antagonist but you have to be nonviolent and perform and, well the way they're banning guns obviously we don't have a choice about being nonviolent or not they're taking away everybody's guns yeah well here and this goes to what's going on over in uh, Venezuela what do you think of of the uh, situation over there Ukraine or Venezuela Venezuela. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Actually, I think Canada just pulled its ambassador, if I'm not mistaken. Um, big problems with your question. Uh, is the United States like that? I don't think so. Um, is it going to be like that? No, I don't think ever. <laughs> no, I think we the people are too entrenched. But you have to be prudent, right? Because we know governments lie, and they lie to protect themselves, and they lie to keep the people dumb. And we have to question Everything, absolutely, absolutely everything. And as a student of the 60s, uh, Peace Man Groovy, you have to do that. We, you know, we were taught that. I mean, there was lies about uh, Vietnam. There was lies about JFK. We know that. There was lies about Dr. Mm-hmm. King's assassination, Bobby's as well, and yep. Malcolm X. I mean, f- four big leaders. Uh, when I uh, interviewed Ted Sorensen, um, who was my friend? I was in his Manhattan apartment. And what an apartment. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he lived in the apartment right across from where uh, John Lennon was killed. Oh, no. You know, oh, I he's knew in the you were going to say that. He's yeah. in the Dakota building? Well, just next door. Oh, do I know stories about the Dakota building? Brent, no kidding. I'll finish As soon as you were mentioning that, the name John Lennon popped into my head like five oh. seconds before you said it. Yeah, I that's the most it. haunted building in, in New York. Is that right? 
Yeah. That's what they say, yeah. That's where they film Ghostbusters, too, which is pretty funny as well. Dan Aykroyd just lives up the street from me. He's a Canadian, eh? <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> I had his dad a legend, on too. He is. Speak, you know, speaking of uh, he's losses, a, he's uh, a Harold Ramis, also. we lost also recently. Yeah. Funny as it is, isn't Dan Aykroyd into UFOs as well, too? Oh, yeah, oh, big yeah. time, dude. Yeah, I remember he had the, uh, yeah. the, the uh, vodka crystal skull that he put out. Yeah, it's really good vodka, yeah. too. No, but didn't, did didn't, he do a, didn't he do a show? <laughs> didn't he do a UFO-based show at one point? He did. No, uh, he, he did a documentary. I thought he did a show, UFOs? too, though. I, yeah, I think did he? he did a multi-episode show, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm something not something Mysteries of the Un... No, I can't remember the name of the show. I know he did something with David Sarita. I think it was like a documentary with David Sarita. It was him uh, being interviewed by him. They were like picking his brain, which was He would be an interesting person to have on this show if we could try and figure out how to arrange that. To talk not about his comedy stuff, but to talk about his UFO stuff. Oh, yeah, you know what? Trying, He'll be I into it, too. I had on the show. I'm trying to get him on the show as well. And oh, no good. Um, I'm writing a book, and I'm trying to get Dan to write the foreword for it. On uh, it's nice. called Creepy Kingston. It's, it's, it's local ghost stories, and see, in Kingston, we have the maximum security penitentiary for all the serial killers right here, just down the street from where I live. And it scares the hell out of me to think. If anybody knocks on the door wearing orange, don't answer it. <laughs> Can I give them your phone number instead? <laughs> sure, go ahead. Go He's ahead. far enough. It, I don't think they'll it, get it, to him. We're in Florida. It's going to be a rough commute for him. Yeah. So maybe he'll tie <laughs> off. So that, that's what I want to do with Dan. But uh, his dad was telling me why Dan wrote Ghostbusters. And the reason being is Dan's father when he was growing up as a little kid, witnessed his father, Dan's grandfather, doing seances right at the family farm. Um, I would say ten six miles north of where I'm living right now. Oh, yeah, you got to do the math, don't you? Yeah, well, oh, wow. that's okay. I was, I'm right in the, in, I was right at the age where they, stupid Canada changed it over and, and made our life miserable from... Um, uh, the American system or the British system, if you will, and changed everything into kilometers. So I still measure everything <laughs> by inches and feet. And everything that comes off the truck is four by eight or two by four. So this whole crazy metric system, that's fine. I think if we were living in Britain, in, in uh, Europe, but we're in North America, guys, you know? So Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, um, didn't we find like a war to get away from them a long time ago? <laughs> I mean, then we have this British invasion in the 60s. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Superman is played by a British guy now. Did you guys know that? Is he really? Is he really? Who's that? Yeah, they took away Superman, man. What the hell? Superman's like, he's a symbol of America, and it's a British guy now. Did you know he was invented by a Canadian? Well, yeah, Park, one of the most Canadian, the yeah, other one was just a regular Jewish yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's funny stuff. Um we got off track there. Oh, I'm going to come back to Ted Sorensen. Ted Sorensen, uh, I spent the afternoon with him, and um, you know, he was saying that uh, many, many things of wisdom. And he t he walked us through the letter he wrote to Khrushchev to get Khrushchev to back down during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And there are big lessons to be learned there because mm. we were so close. He told me that Jackie. President Kennedy's hus uh, husband. I'm going back to Canadian. <laughs> that would be a whole different uh, show right now. <laughs> America wasn't ready for that. <laughs> no. Now you really know why he died. It was to get a Catholic in. Never mind. A gay guy. Hi, my name's Jackie. Oh, the man. surgery went well. <laughs> yeah. So Jackie called uh, Jack 
and said, I want to bring the kids home. She was in Florida at the time because uh, I want us all together. They had a swing set on the white lawn at the time for the kids. I want us all outside on the white, on the white house front lawn when the bomb drops so we could all die together. That's how close we were. Wow. And imagine if the bear escalates things in the Ukraine and a line is drawn in the sand, a line that is irreversible, the same thing could happen within 24 hours. You'll have Mrs. Obama hmm. calling her husband. And in those days, 63, there was no bomb-proof, nuclear-proof uh, bunker underneath the yeah, White there was. There was there was Mount Weather less than... Uh not Mount Weather. What's the, what's the hotel that had the bunker underneath it that was less than twenty minutes drive? Yeah, uh, the bombs would get there in less than five minutes from Cuba. Oh, from mm. Cuba? And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Castro was pushing for a first strike. He actually mm. begged. Uh, well, no, that that's impossible. You're telling me that back then uh, missiles were capable of Mach three because it, the fastest that I've uh, my understanding was is three hundred miles an hour is the fastest missile that was out there even, you know, well, not now, but up until the mid-'80s. And if it's 300 miles an hour, uh, we're looking at maybe Atlanta within an hour. From Cuba? From Cuba. Mm, Do the math. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm, well, figure I'm just telling you what Ted told me. Well, the bombs were only five minutes away. They wouldn't have time for anything, any evacuation. Well, whatsoever. if there was a Russian sub, you know, right off the yeah. bay, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe they've. I believe Russian subs at that point in time were were coming in and out of our territorial waters, a hundred percent. Oh, I, I, yeah, both in both uh, areas. Yeah, it was, t- it was very, very tense, very, very, very tense, and uh, it could get that way real quick. Real. Interestingly, real quick. though, I saw. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the show. What is it? Hangar One, uh, the Mufon Files. Mm, um, their good show. first episode. Oh, you finally got to see it. Good. Got to see it. Yeah. Their first episode actually spoke to why Kennedy may have been assassinated because he was going to try and take the lid off the UFO situation. And yeah. that's And you beat me to it. I was going to bring that up. Do you want to talk minutes. about the memo? Yes. Yes. Sure, bring up yeah, the memo. Yeah, yeah. The, that's uh, the memo that got burnt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have it on me in this computer. I wasn't prepared to talk about that. But do you guys do you guys want a synopsis or do you know it? Well, the, our, our listeners and I'm under the impression, based on what we're being told, the numbers are pretty nicely high tonight. And by the way, folks, please call in. Don't forget, plug in the phone. Oh, sure. Numbers. Yeah, yeah. I'll answer any question. I'm not shy at all. Okay. Uh, the number again is seven eight six two four five eight one two seven for anybody who wants to call in. All right, tell us about the memo and tell us. The memo was addressed to the CIA, tasking the CIA to find out any information, um, how the Russians would would react, essentially, uh, if they were to see UFOs in the sky. And who was was running the CIA at the time? I love this answer. I think it was, uh, was it Alan Dallas at that? (laughs) No, it was John McCain at the time. Oh, I thought it was Bush. Uh, no, Bush was would have been a lower, 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 lower guy. I could have was sworn it McCain? They, I could have sworn oh. they pointed out that that the first Bush, Walker Bush, was head uh, one of the heads of the CIA at the time. And he was at one point the head, one of the heads of the CIA. Right, and I, I think much, yeah. I was under the impression that the letter went to him. Yeah, or the Bush memo was, went to him. Bush was the head of the CIA under Reagan. Um, oh, 
No, wait a second, he, wait a no, second. No, 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 he was vice president. Of the yeah, I think he told over. <laughs> when did he take over? Was it was it after Colson uh, uh, during I, Carter's I administration? Know. But I know he was the head of the CIA for sure. I think it was. It could have been during Carter's. It could have been. It could yeah. not have been done during the Carter administration because he was running for vice president by then. Mm. So, I'm so he thinking, ended up in charge at one point. You're right. Yes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and I'd have yeah. to check that. To well, see. when in doubt, we could always look at Wikipedia. Yes, we, we do have this know. thing called the internet or the undernet. But as uh, as uh, George Bush Jr. calls it, the internets. True, and don't it. forget, according to Al Gore, he created it. Um, that is true. I I believe Al Gore on that. Yeah. By the way, okay. <laughs> um, but but Brent, tell us yeah. more about this memo. I find this whole thing fascinating. Well, it is fascinating. Now, there's two ways to look at it. Obviously. There's no question that there are UFOs. There's no question in anybody's mind. I, right. you know, every rational person, no matter who I talk to, there's unidentified flying objects. What the hell they are? Who knows? They're unidentified, but that's they the exist. question. Yeah, right. Uh, in many cases, they simply do not react or act in any traditional from any traditional aircraft that we have sometimes they zoom off in an opposite direction turn around on a dime and the speed the speeds are astronomical and then they're gone so what are they are they are they extraterrestrial i think in some cases absolutely in some cases they're probably drones for sure experimental aircraft that you know you certainly don't want your adversary um trying to figure out what type of technology you have. But to say we haven't been visited by those from abroad, I think would be silly. And to say we're alone in the universe, I say, God forbid, God forbid, we're the most intelligent beings in the universe. (laughs) Well, after I started watching Cosmos last week, um, I, I, I don't think we're the most, we're the only intelligence and the most intelligent, uh, out there. If we're the only life in the cosmos, I mean, first of all, it's a tremendous waste of space. It really is, because Jesus, man, is so huge. Yes, it so is. Complete so complete Why are you bringing space. Jesus into this? We're talking about space. What the heck? I, I'm, I'm sorry. He's Jewish. I'm sorry. I know he's not your favorite guy, but, you know, <laughs> just oh, saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, he's, uh, I mean, besides very, the fact... a very funny joke, if you want to hear it. Oh, oh go for it. I'm always for funny jokes. Well, three, uh, three Lubavitch guys... Uh, very uh, orthodox Jews go into a a church because it's pouring rain outside and they sit on the right-hand side. On the left-hand side is a bunch of nuns. So the the gatekeeper comes around, the uh, the guy cleaning the floor and stuff, and they ask him, hey, what's going on in the church? He said, well, the nuns are getting married today. He said, why are you guys here? Because of the rain? And he said, yeah. He said, is it okay we stay? He says, oh, I think so. He said, why is that? He says, well, if they're marrying Jesus, we're on the groom's side. <laughs> That's, That's funny. Wow. Okay, I, I, that I, is I, funny. I, I got one better one. <laughs> Go uh, Jesus. Oh, but make it clean, man. I, okay, I, okay. You, I got to warn. Okay. Jesus walks into a hotel. Oh, boy. Puts three nails on the counter and says, can you put me up for the night? Oh, see, that's just wrong, oh, man. Oh, thank God it wasn't Muhammad. We'd have... Come uh, on, that, that was clean. Oh, man. You, you know, that was clean. Well, it was sort of clean, but that's going to upset a lot of people, man. By the way, if you want to address anybody for that, <laughs> call in. Alan call in and yell at me. Yeah, call, call in and yell at him. Call, now, call in and yell at me. Guys, have you guys yourselves, <laughs> do you have paranormal experiences? I have. 
Oh, tell I, us, I, please. I, I have. Um, I've had multiple. Oh, and by the way, I don't really? know if you saw me put the link on this. Um, I, if anybody wants to buy a stuffed alien, uh, there is one being sold on Craigslist right now um, for a reasonable amount of money. Um, and, and by the way, this stuffed alien has had camera usage in the past. At one point, it was peeking through a window of somebody very famous. Oh, is you're kidding? This is the one that uh, what's his face used? Um, no on? names. No. <clears throat> when he no went names. on um, the guy no who, that used to have a show on before Piers Morgan, I guess. Okay, I, I know exactly. I've had him on the show. Not Interesting. Yet. Yeah, that, it's the same one, right? Yeah, it's a little peekaboo alien. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 peekaboo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Man, and that... they're stating they want cash only, and it's a whole whopping. What's the price on it right now? 500 bucks, and I'm near it, folks, if you want it. Uh, I don't know if uh, you're going to put this up on the website or not, but if anybody wants it, I will happily make it my business to pick it up for someone if they want to, if they PayPal me the money, and I will personally ship it out after I take a couple of photos. But is that famous person going to actually sign it for us? Um, you know, I'm going to be at a convention this weekend where there's a ton of sci-fi and fantasy celebrities at. But uh, well, he's he's out on bill right now. He might be there. So well, mm. anyway, not... moving on. Okay, if anybody wants that alien, but no, me personally, I've had a couple of personal experiences, and um, I've spoken about them on the show before. I don't know if anybody really wants to hear me rant about it, uh, but uh, what I do in my spare time because of how I work and what I do for work. I have a lot of free time throughout the year. If I told you I have not been in my schedule right now, this past uh, six weeks, I haven't had to work because I'm choosing not to work um, because of what I do for a living. Um, I have. Um, I'm what they call a professional product demonstrator uh, for different products that you ever go to a home and garden show or a state fair or a car show and you have the person that's really 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 well versed about that product in the booth trying to explain to you how it works and educating you on the product but not selling it to you but educating you on the product and yep. making you make the choice of to buy it or not yep. it works because uh, at costco i usually end up buying the stuff they're selling when they have folks so like now that. everybody listening in knows why he's going to be trying to sell you something like every couple of weeks he's <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be a different product. He's going to be hawking on the show here. Started well, with speakers, now with the rubber alien. What's next? Well, the rubber alien, it just happens to be, you know, I'm scrolling through Craigslist and I found it. I'm like, wow, that's wow. pretty cool. And it's four that and a half feet cool. tall. Um, and it's not the little foam one you put in a two liter Coke bottle and it grows. Um, have you seen those? <laughs> have you seen those? They have them in the dollar store. They're pretty cool. You drop Way to live to the there. stereotype there, Alan. Way to live to the stereotype. Good job. <laughs> what? I, I, I'm not getting redneck on you here. I'm getting geeky. I'm getting geeky. geeky. Okay? That's okay, buddy. I'm getting geeky with it. Anyway, okay. moving on. Um, so how does so, your job as sell, not selling this stuff but explaining these things, product demonstrations, how does that connect to your paranormal experience? Really, That's easy. an excellent question. Real easy, because I only usually work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and that's all I work. I usually have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays off. So the rest the of the week, he's, he's getting baked in a, in a locked room with no, lights no, off. No, 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 no. Not at all, not at all. Um, that's Seeing Chance and, ho and hoping he, uh, he meets some uh, spirits. 
no. But what I do do is because I travel to different cities, um, I try and go on, you know, see if there's any haunted properties that are around oh, or okay. there's any ghost excursions or sure. any of the guys from the TV shows like Taps or whoever. Right. Is anybody around filming or anybody doing anything? And um, I reach out and, you know, in my – in the – because I go from city to city, sometimes I drive, sometimes I fly. If I'm driving, I might actually have some equipment with me where I will actually go into a haunted property and, you know, try and record evidence. Uh, so midweek, you know, when everybody's sleeping in the middle of the night, I'm sometimes out at a haunted property or a cemetery, depending on the weather, or, you know, someplace where I'm trying to record evidence. And so I can honestly say I've had some really interesting experiences where I've caught stuff on audio, video, and photo. Absolutely, yes. Have you ever caught children in an EFP? EVP? I'm sorry. Or have Close you enough. It's it's late night, man. I understand. It's okay. Have another sip. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's. A, I did a show earlier, and I'm still drained from that. Um, well, it's it's the Canadian beer, man. No, it's not. It's, just it's, a, it's like <laughs> now, it's the Mackenzie boys, Canadian beer, man. Did did you ever? <laughs> you know what bugs me is children. I, I just I just rips my heart open when I see a child. Um, either in some kind of manifestation, uh, half half spirit, half human, on, in a picture, or perhaps uh, more commonly in an EVP, and it just refers yeah. part to think that this child mm-hmm. is trapped. It may not know that there's something better waiting for it. And I was just curious if you had ever caught any kids. Um, I've caught uh, three or four. Um, oh, I, I, I actually, the best one was um, I was on the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California, mm-hmm. um, where I was actually in the um, in the first class pool area. Sure. I don't know if you're familiar with the Queen Mary, folks. Um, anybody familiar with it? Out there? Google it. Okay, Queen Google Mary. it. Yeah. Queen Mary is one. It is a nice large ship that was retired after World War II. Um, that place is so haunted; it's not funny. I, I, yeah, for a couple of different reasons. A little girl drowned in the pool. I actually caught audio of her singing, which was really really cool. Um, I caught that EVP, but, but was, she seemed happy. And- she uh, she seemed happy. I don't know if it was a. If it was a memory or a, you know, a, a, what they call a, re- a repetitive, yeah. a residual, a residual right. haunt, yeah, right. um, yeah, sure. Or if she was interacting because you know, I caught it on audio. I didn't hear it at the time, so right. I don't know. Okay. But what really, really freaked me out was all the German screaming that I got on audio in the oh, front no cargo hold. Well, you gotta understand why. Let me tell you the story of the. Uh, of the Queen Mary, if we have the time for it, sure, uh, it'll it'll be less than three minutes or four minutes. During World War II, beside before World War II, it obviously was a passenger liner. So, um, okay, but in World War II, it was used as a troop transport That's to right. go back and forth yep. between the UK and the States. Uh, what had happened was uh, it was also carrying prisoners of war in the front cargo hold. That's right. Yeah. Now, one of do you know the story about this? The well, USS I know Curacao. Part of it. I know uh, also that they would bring them back to Canada as well, and uh, many German soldiers stayed here afterwards. But anyways, please continue. Not a problem. Uh, During, you know, usually that big of a ship, to make sure it doesn't get sunk by submarines or other ships, have escort ships Mm -hmm. surrounding it. 
And there was one particular ship called the USS Curacao, which was traveling in front of it and doing a back and forth weaving in front of like – you ever see those dolphins swimming in front of the ships and things sure. like that? Okay, it was doing something like that but obviously a little bit further out. Um, somehow the USS Curacao slowed down to the point where the nose of the, uh, of the ship actually hit into the Curacao. And sprung a leak in the front cargo hold where all the prisoners were and a good portion of them drowned. Oh, my God. In that, in that ship. Oh, um, it must have been horrible. Well, yeah, I, I believe you're right. It was. And, um, it, it, you know, I caught some really, really interesting screaming and talking in German uh, in that front cargo hold and some light anomalies on photo. I mean, I've caught, I caught lights in midstream and midair. I caught stuff arcing with nothing in front of it or behind it. Um, the, it, it you know, that place definitely has some activity, uh, to say the least. I was more than impressed with it. Uh, you did some of that stuff on the internet, man, like on YouTube or Facebook or something. You know, maybe I'll let you do the website design to organize it uh, when it's. Oh time, yeah, make me do all the work. Yeah, when it's time. Jeez. When when I have okay, come on, think about this. I got the film coming up that I'm working on. That's going to be so amazing. It's not funny. Uh, that's going to hopefully get the theatrical release. I've got me traveling across the country doing these shows. Um, I've. It's like, is my plate not full enough? Um, putting these on the internet and then having to play Q and A on it, and um, you know, there are so many paranormal audio, you know, podcasts and and uh, video on YouTube. Do I really want to add to the pile and have that scrutiny until my next once once the film that you know what I'm talking about? And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, folks, I have a film I am working on. That I wouldn't uh, give uh, too much details there, my friend, until you have everything finalized and <clears throat> you know signed and all the T's crossed and I's dotted. And You're right. You're right. You I know what I mean? I this, this is a good one, folks. It's, yeah. a, it's a really interesting story. And, and actually, uh, you know, Brent, I might want to have you do the soundtrack and be involved as well, too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. I'm working on a soundtrack now, um, Phantom of the Opera. It's oh, a nice. remake of the old, uh, the original horror film, and it's outstanding. It's it's great. I really? composed music for NASA, ABC, CBS, and all those guys. So I'll just drop some names there. But yeah, yeah. Actually, go, yeah. Through the, go through the alphabet, not a problem. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, we, I did that we, earlier. We'll, by we'll the way, we'll talk yeah. offline, and, and no problem at all. So we don't, you know, the movie is based on a best-selling book on Amazon. So um, yeah, there there's definitely some credentials and. Uh, People that are listening can even be involved in it as an extra, but that's a whole. You just other gotta thing. get a hold of us. Uh, easiest way: Skywatchers Radio TV at gmail dot com. Yes, there there will be some fun stuff along the way on it. But anyway, yep. ju- my plate is rather full right now. After I get that, after I get the ball rolling and the infrastructure done, my goal actually is is to actually put up on one of the uh, Kickstarter or indie websites because sure. I have the proper... I would go with Indiegogo other than, you know, 
Okay. Instead of Kickstarter, to be honest, because you know Kickstarter, if you don't make your goal, you don't if you're off like if, like if you're off like two dollars, man, they don't give you a penny. Is that right? Indiegogo, yeah, Indiegogo. Oh, yeah. If, if you even if you don't meet your threshold on Indiegogo, like say you're a few bucks off, they'll give you whatever you get. You know, if, if you if you're pledging or looking to get like fifteen thousand dollars, you get a project like project off the ground, and you get fourteen thousand something in, on Kickstarter, and they don't give you the money. You know how upset are you going to be? Pretty bit. upset, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, now on Indiegogo, they'll give you the money. They'll give you all fourteen thousand dollars, which that alone could help anybody. Absolutely. You know, you, if you're a grand off or a few bucks off, they should just give you the money. But uh, yeah, go to Indiegogo.com, everybody, right. if you want to get a project going. That's yeah. the best place my, to go to. My be project is is, and I have the property that I've already looked at. It is a defunct uh, hospital um, that I am going to set up literally a 24-7 ghost hunting cameras and audio files that everybody will be able to download and do their own EVP searches, their own video searches that they can be a part of the ghost hunting uh, experience live right then and there without any worries. This would be something to get like uh, Dan Aykroyd involved in. This is a nice spin. This is a nice, unique spin on a tried and true hunt. You know, because right. we all know. Now, I was going to ask you guys, and it's to... verifiably haunted. It it, it it there there it is verified already that there is activity. There is the best answer that I'm going to give. I'm not going to say what part of the country or what country it's in because there's actually two properties in Canada that were uh, pointed out to me as well. Um, we have but... a whole mental institute here that goes back to the turn of the century that has been closed down for years. Yeah, but is it desolate and still for sale? It is desolate, and I don't know if it's for for sale or not. I have tried myself in vain to get access to it, and because of insurance reasons, of course, liability, because they don't know the condition of the innards, um, well, they Brent, absolutely will, refuse. Brent, you and I will talk after hours, after sure. show, and uh, we will find out who we need to contact to see about what the price tag is on it. Sure, absolutely. Because I, be I, I, would think there, I would think there's at least 100,000 people. That would drop ten dollars, just once. And I would think so too. Now, to what's curious? Always been curious to me, guys, and maybe you can help me out with this too. Why are hospitals so haunted? Why are mental institutions so haunted? Why I have you know, That's funny. There's no, one down here. You will there's have one. the odd, for example, you'll have the odd university that might be haunted. Maybe one or two ghosts, right? Right. Yeah. But these things, I mean, they're just full. Of, have you heard is of the uh, Time Warp or something? Have you heard of the, the Buildmore Hotel? Have you heard of that one? Buildmore sure. Hotel? Yeah, yeah. Down sure, the Florida. one in Tampa, right? That's right. No, 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 no. Down here in Miami. Biltmore. Oh, that Biltmore. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's another Biltmore that's just outside of Tampa that was also in World War II, a uh, hospital. Um, that's where TAPS ran their convention a while back called TAPSCon. Nice. By the way, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. We have a caller on the line, uh, 925. You're live on Skywatcher's Radio uh, with Brett Holland, our guest. Uh, welcome. I can save you guys the trip to Canada. I've just come to my apartment. i got ghost cats in my apartment. Ghost cats? Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly believe ghosts can see into a visual spectrum better than we can in the upper and lower infrared and ultraviolet. Uh, so when cats do look at things that are behind no, no, you. No, you don't understand. My, you don't understand. My cats aren't seeing the ghost. My two cats that died are in the apartment. They're, his cats uh, are okay. the ghosts. Okay, hang on, hang on. Uh, I got to ask you. That's Caller, why I say ghost Caller, cats. What's your, what's your name, by the way? George. First name. 
Hey, George, how are you? I'm Alan. Um, okay. Let me ask you, how old is the property that you're in? There's a logic uh, and a reason why I'm asking this, though. Mid-50s. Okay. And, Brent, you would ask this question. A lot of people what? have died here, by the way. So Okay. Oh, One thing I've personally noticed from personal Senior experience, building. what I've experienced personally, more properties that have more limestone in the sheetrock, more stone in the building, mm. it seems to act as a barrier, like a, as I've said on a show prior, like a Faraday cage, where things, the energy gets trapped inside and it can't escape. Because it, it just doesn't, it can't move in the direction it needs to. Um, it's obviously from the 50s, so I'm assuming there, it's more lathe than, you know, if, if a property has limestone from the walls being made out of lathe and plaster instead of sheetrock, those properties seem to be more spiritually active and energy active, uh, like castles in other parts of the world. More limestone in the stones that they cut, more activity. Um, you'll notice the reason that more recent properties, especially with Chinese drywall, uh, <laughs> uh, don't have as much haunting activity as um, some of the places that are made with lath and, pl lath and plaster or have a high limestone uh, or, or crystal dust uh, content in the sheetrock. Well, I so, know I, well, that my, is my one cat oh, sorry, got killed in front of the building. The other cat I had to put to sleep. And both of them are in my bedroom a lot of time meowing, and there's no cat in here. I have I two cats, but they're outside a lot. So often I'll have and guests I on the show. Come back, and my another cat that died came back in my birthday and bit me. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> wait, wait, but did did you actually get physical marks from it? Well, he had a habit when he was alive of coming on my chest and biting my chin. And one morning. Uh, 5.30 in the morning, the exact minute he was born, because he was born next to me. I had two mama cats that had their babies in my arms on the floor. And I was lying on the floor uh, with the heater going full blast. The room got as cold as a meat locker. Oh. And on my chest, I felt the outline of a head, tail, fur, feet, the whole thing. Put my hand down there. And his name was Snooky. He was named after ba Baby Snooks, the Fanny Bryce character. And all oh, I was hoping it wasn't the girl from the uh, Jersey Shore, Snooky. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, and, good. Uh, I'm 61. I'm too old for that. And okay. uh, good. The cat bit me on the chin and disappeared. I, and wow. he had been, he had just died the previous year, had cancer, and that's my other cat. One of my cats had cancer, and he had gotten a habit of that in the last year. It was like biting me on the chin really hard, and so I knew he came back to tell me he was all right. Can I just wow. interject for a second? Please, by all means. Yeah. Please, yeah. Very often I'll have um, s people on the show, that, and we'll discuss this very type of subject, not so much with animals, but with apparitions and things and ghosts that hang around houses. And what it is, I, I think it's a testament to your, and I can hear it in your voice, you're a kind guy, and they would probably stay with you because they were the happiest there. And that's yeah. not a bad way to spend eternity, right? We also had one other weird thing in my life. The day my dad was buried, there were 30 of us. He came, his spirit walked through my uh, bedroom wow. into the living room, look at, looked at everybody there. My mother freaked out, walked through the living room and out the window. So wow. we're very, our family's very psychic. Amazing. My mother knows that everybody's Sounds sick like and when everybody dies. I've also had time portal experiences where I've gone 
and suddenly everything changes, and I'm back like uh, uh, one time I, I everything changed, including me, and I was on December 6, 1941. All the cars changed, all the people changed. Uh, I was sit- standing in front of a newsstand in San Francisco, and there was a news vendor there, and one time in San Francisco there were seven newspapers, and I looked at the newspapers, and the vendor had changed, my clothes had changed, all the cars were 30s uh, vintage cars, the people were dressed in those things, and I looked at the paper, it said December 6, 41, and that happened twice in the city, and also in the Presidio, I was mm-hmm. running on the city, my dad was in the army, and a gunnery uh, crew appeared in front of me, they were dressed in Civil War, war uniforms. Good San God. Francisco's a psychic sinkhole. Yeah. There's lots of ghosts. Yeah. Any idea why you would be projected there? Do you think it could have been past life experiences? Because obviously, if you're 65, you well, were born for case, World War II. Might be, right. I w- oh, sorry. I was told once by a yeah. psychic that I had died in World War II as a combat soldier. Oh, God. Okay. And my dad was in the army for 30 years, and I've all been, always been interested in the military. So, and I've died twice. I've been pronounced dead. Oh I got to ask the question. Ha, hold on, have you have you ever uh, had any regressions uh, therapy or anything That's like that? With, uh... No, no, I get no trouble with this life. <laughs> <laughs> Might That's not be a bad great, idea, though. I mean, the best answer I've heard, George. <laughs> it, it is a great answer, but I mean, yeah. it might not be a bad idea. It sounds like you might have a really rich That's history. All I need have you know. another guy living inside of me telling me I can live with it. Uh, <laughs> somebody else hanging <laughs> out, paying rent, eh, buddy? That'd be my life. Yeah. <laughs> my brain, you know, they'd all inhabit me, and then I wouldn't know who the hell I am. I don't know where I am now. When I have, when I have coffee for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but, what a uh, that's an amazing story, George. It really yeah, is. Yeah, oh, yeah. My, I remember my any gra- smells from San Francisco, George? Got, I'm sorry, what? Did you remember any smells or, or, or textures or anything of that nature? Or well, somebody you may have recognized? Uh, which one are you referring 1941 to? 1941? Yeah, what? when you were yeah. in San Francisco. I mean, that's a very busy street corner. It's where the Transbay Terminal used to be. They're building a new office building there. But Everything on that street, all the buildings changed to the decor. They were all stores in the 40s and 30s. That's right. Yeah. The clothing of everybody had changed, the cars. And now we have you know, collector's street cars in San Francisco. There were street cars there. There were buses. That's right. And that happened on Sutter Street once. The same thing happened. Everything went back to the 40s. So, all right. I got I I to ask you a question if I can. Or what? Yeah. <laughs> I got I to ask you a question here. Was Did these experiences happen before or after you died and came back? Or you had a, did you die or did you just have an NDE? Oh, no, I died at 5 and 12. So this happened, ah. uh, this stuff happened in the 70s. After, yeah. After. Okay, so you were yeah. you were already tuned in, quote unquote. Right. You oh, know, yeah, that, well, that reminds me of the movie uh, Flatliners. Remember that movie when uh, they, they all die oh, sure. on purpose and they yeah, come back. Yeah, that did not have a happy yeah. ending. Yeah, that, no, it did not. No, uh, it did not. Also, my grandfather, when he died, he was in Germany. We were living in Washington. You see, my mother woke up at 3 in the morning. He was standing in front of the bed. So we, oh my God. We're, we're tied into all that stuff. Uh, that's why I'm convinced there's something going on after life. I went through the tunnel, saw the light, was floating above my bed, saw the nurses and doctors, and I remember that much. But as a kid, you don't have any concept you're going to die. That's right. right. I just so knew if I went to the light, I wasn't yeah. going back to my body. 
Some people That's say they amazing. were met by Jesus. Some people say no, there was no. I'm Jewish. I'm not going to meet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we're surrounded by them tonight, Brent. That's okay. Based on how Brent pronounced something earlier, hey, I think he qualifies as well. Yeah. No, don't, actually, don't you guys believe in Jews for Jesus, man? No, I'm. I'm no, not. Messiah right? has not come according to us. Mashiach. I studied you know, with the Lubavitch in Montreal, the Torah Center, but I'm a goy. Okay. Um, well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I can pretend to be a so Juban just to fit not, in. My mother's a professional Juban. <laughs> I'm Cuban. Family, you know? okay. but, uh, I'm not <laughs> was there a warmthness to the light or anything? On. George, was uh, there a warmthness to the light? Was there good feelings towards it or anything of that nature? No, it just, I saw this really bright. It was kind of like a car headlight in a tunnel. Oh, okay. And I ah. had the sense that if I, if I went, or a train right. headlight. You know, you see a train approaching you. Sure. That's that's scary and, in itself, yeah. And I, I knew if... But it wasn't a train. Mm. Uh, Understood. I had problems with the train when I was two. I crawled down to the train tracks to the Pennsylvania freight line. My mother found me there sitting waiting for the train. But, oh, my um, God. George. <laughs> I was an early rail fan, you know. Okay, so, so, so we but, got so five years old, then like, 12 years old, but you could have hit three years old. Right. Yeah. Uh, this thing looked like the effect you get for a train light coming toward you down a track. You know, the Doppler effect coming toward you that goes away. Any sound that you I... mentioned Doppler effect? Any sound? Did you hear no. tracks? No, no. I know. I didn't hear tracks. I, I, I was in a long tunnel, and there was this right. bright, diffused light. I'm just getting, using an analogy. Been did you hear light. anything? Like, Did you hear like no. music or no, people nothing. asking you to come towards the light? No, no. I just knew if I, somehow I sensed now at 5 and 12, I right. had no concept of, uh, you know, dying. I had known anybody who died yet. yet right. later. But uh, that if I went into that light, I wasn't going back to my body. And I was I dead... I was pronounced dead the second time. I didn't come back. My heartbeat, respiration, pulse, they couldn't find anything. Second time I was dead, apparently, for at least a day. I, everything stopped. But my mother was he's a retired nurse. She told him, you're not going to let him, not going to take him away. He's still here. The first time, I had 107 fever. She had them pack me in ice. Wow. The hospital happened. They have to bring the ambulance to her hospital. And they thought she was not in Europe. They did that for high fevers for years. They put me in a sits bath and dumped ice into me. I sat in that. I was in that bathtub for three days. I was gone for three days. Oh my! I don't God. know where I was, but I was gone. Wow! I wasn't in my body, and I came it, back. So yeah, you came back. And I've talked to uh, uh, Daniel Brinkley about this. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, why? Why did I come back? And it's probably to. Post online, I don't know, but because uh, I, I do YouTube videos, but uh, the guy Pittsburgh, but, uh, well, you, but it's why not? You're you're meant to come back to be on this show tonight and talk about your experience. That could be too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I missed you guys earlier because uh, I came home and it's allergy season. I'm dying right now. Uh, about Doctor Lear, and I'm I'm sorry that happened. To, and by the way, this, yeah. I recently went to a hospital for surgery within the last couple of years. Okay. And frequently, uh, they forget about you. They get so busy at the nursing yes. station, they forget yep. about people. My mother was a nurse for 50 years, and uh, I know uh, what happens in hospitals. You go in there, and the next thing you know, uh, a couple of hours have passed. You go out in mm -hmm. the bathroom, and 
you go to the bathroom by yourself. They don't always escort you. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy. I don't talking about that last night. You know, you know, no, it's not a conspiracy. I know folks like to say, "Oh, well, there must be some kind of conspiracy." He was left alone. You know what? My mother has been in and out, in and out of the hospital the last uh, year, and uh, it's happened to her. I mean, it, they just get so busy at, at the hospital. My so. mother's ninety-five. She just had another heart attack. But she oh God, bless her away. I don't know how she. Uh, well, it's only going to get worse with Obamacare. Huh? Uh, gee, thanks, there, Alan. It's way to bring us down. <laughs> Now, is there not a law, folks, is there not a law in the United States where if you're ill or you're on deathbed, they have to treat you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is there, there is that law. So For they now. can't just yeah, push, but I'll tell you what, push I'll you tell to the you curb, right? With her, she had a do not resuscitate, they resuscitate her anyway, so they ignore the laws. Hmm. Not to huh. mention that they don't actually, they, they can't ignore you, but they could push you off to another hospital if they don't want you and you don't have the right insurance. Oh, I see. George, can I ask you a personal question? You don't have to answer that if you don't want to. Did it affect your faith at all? Did you become more or less um, religious? I hate to use that word. I don't know how else to, to describe it. Well, well, we, know he we know he doesn't believe in Jesus. We know that much. My dad drove, took me to Catholic Church on Sunday. My mother took me to temple. Oh, you poor soul. You are confused. So, real, no, I don't so know what spiritually... <laughs> Don't forget, religion and spiritual are and are two different things. Are two yeah. totally different things, you know. Uh, well, I look. I have a weird problem with me anyway. It, it's not weird, but it's weird to me. Mm-hmm. Animals follow me. Cats. Wow. I've had deer come up to me. I've had a wild cougar come to me one and flop like a cat and one petting, and everybody's freaking out. I've had George. Uh, George, you're uh, the animal whisperer, my friend. I've That's what you are. I've had dogs come up to me and flop. I, I got banned from the racetrack because the horses going to the paddock would come over yeah. and nuzzle me while I was standing or reading the form. So every dog you, here in town, I live in Martinez. Every dog here in town, people walking the dog. The dog will veer over to me and start wanting petting. So there's something about me with the animals. I don't know, George. And this is a serious question. Have you ever had any uh, communications with the cats or, or with animals in general? Like, have you ever uh, been around an animal and they said something that you sensed and you knew what they were talking about? No, I, I just talk to them all the time. You know, hello, hello, dog, you beautiful dog. And they immediately come over to me and, and they, I look at them and they'll come over to me. So I don't, it's not a, it's not a conscious thing, you know. Right. But uh, I've had, I've had people just go, my dog doesn't do that, or my cat doesn't do that. Mm. And mm. the BART police got mad at me. I used to go to Lake Merritt, and their police dog was going to me and flop. I think, what are you doing with dog? What do you mean your dog? standing it. <laughs> I guess so, that uh, there's something inside you that they sense is very yeah. soft, if you will, or very approachable. And Either that, or yeah, we well, take an EMF meter to him and see if he lights it up or not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe his uh, near-death experiences opened uh, his senses up. We, once we were at a pond, I had a whole family of deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the doe, the buck, and two babies came up to me and, and went petting. So there's something, I don't know, maybe I was St. Francis. Who knows? Um, know. Maybe. I wonder if be. this is why. I think he was with animals and stuff, if I remember correctly, but. I'm, I'm a little rusty in my Catholic theology. It's been 40 years since I looked at catechism. Um, <laughs> Maybe there's something to that and your return to this world. Just, just I throwing that, that out there. I, I, was, I was always, even as a child, I was into mm. UFOs. My mother's into astrology, so uh, mm. uh, 
I, I was always looking into this stuff. My dad could never understand it. You and those damn UFOs used to call him and say, Dad, I'm reading about things that people don't understand. Yeah. And when I was in the Civil Air Patrol, we saw a poor football field long UFO. The Air Force told 500 of us we were looking for a plane in the Sierra that it was Venus. That's when I didn't believe the Air Force anymore. Wait, wait, a four that foot was long football. Hold on, the, fo- yeah. the four foot. The four football four long, football field long was it? What UFO. what was it shaped like? Like a like a um, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, you know what curves from left to right on boats on the top and the bottom. Right. Okay, the big arc That's wing. That's what it looked like. Yeah. The ar- okay. And it was the size I would estimate at the time. An arc wing commander. Mm-hmm. Almost, he, the wing commander of the Civil Air Patrol Presidio was an air, active Air Force officer, and he raised so much hell saying his cadets and the searchers were personally insulted for the Air Force telling us we saw Venus at a time of the year when Venus couldn't be seen. And the other thing is, we were trained to identify stars, planets, mm-hmm. because we had to go out and look for planes. Sure, sure, yeah, right. And that was in 1966 when I was, I was a, you know, junior cadet. I was, what, uh, 14? Something like that. Yeah. So when that that went on, I said, and I I had been reading Keogh's books anyway, but I, and Adamski and all of those guys, Mm -hmm. Frank Scully, Frank Edwards. But I said, I don't believe the Air Force when they tell me, I know what I saw. I don't know what 500 of us saw. There was a big stink about it at the time that, you know, you're telling us it was Venus. So this is yeah, why now, has anybody else in your George? Has anybody else in your family had similar experiences uh, with UFOs and stuff like that, or is it just been yourself? Well, we we also saw one. My mother and I saw one. Uh, we were driving on 101 in Marin when Marin had orchards and fields, and there was one sitting by the freeway. Jeez. Oh my! And that took off. It was a, this one was kind of weird though. It kind of looked like. Um, Lonnie Zamora's craft in, in New Mexico. It was on stilts. And it was bright silver, and it only was there for a minute, and it just, just it went up and disappeared. So uh, that was when I was twelve. So there's something, uh, there's something, something going there. on. I don't think I've been abducted or any of that stuff. Right, but right. Uh, um, this has always been an interest to me. I've got about 150 paranormal books in my apartment too. But wow! But but uh, she, my mother knew when my uncle died, he died of a heart attack on his retirement. He came over from dinner and died. And so she's a active receiver. I just have a sense that something's wrong, but I never know what it is. It's a tremor in the force. Yeah, that's definitely. That, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you just have a really high metachlorine count. You know, hey, let's, you guys laugh wait, about well, that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to know about the midichlorian count, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But actually, I, I, I got to disagree. I have a question I'd like to throw out, if you would. Sure, go ahead. I asked, sure. I asked Stanton Friedman this. I didn't get an answer. Okay. I would like somebody to do a study of abductees to see if any of them have uh, Tay-Sachs disease, uh, leukemia, herpes, uh, other diseases that... Uh, uh, kidney disease because are the grays abducting people that are totally healthy or they are they not abducting people that are sick? Hmm. And no one has ever, ever answered that question for me. Well, you know what, George? Last That's a good week, question. 
on on my show Night Fright, I had a guest on from Canada, and uh, she's a psychotherapist, and she does hypnotherapy as well. And she's asking for folks from around the world to be part of a study she's putting together. And mm. she's an honest broker, if you will. She's very sincere, and she's brokenhearted too at the recent death of uh, Roger, because um, yeah. she did talk about him as or, as late as last week. But certainly I can put those questions in an email to her and send it off to her and see if she could uh, perhaps document some of the physical well, one variable uh, maladies ask, that they're suffering from. Sure, please go ahead. Brent, one variable that I will put into that question is, is you know, diseases where they acquired, like obviously herpes is acquired. You're not really right. born with it. I'd be curious to find out if these abductees, do they have any genetic abnormalities? Yeah. Is anything inherited right. disease-wise? And were any diseases gotten by, well, herpes isn't by chance. Um, right, that's sexual. But uh, but a disease you would get by chance, like right. measles, mumps, mm-hmm. you know. Right, right. Something like that, something there's not. Yeah, a I'd be I'd be more interested if it's something that it's uh, you know passed down through the genes through family. Uh, and, you know, I would be curious statistically across all three. You know, well. is is there anything inherited? Is there anything that they acquired? Is there anything that's you know you know some other variable? Yeah. Th- that that would be very thing, interesting. Sure, George. The other thing would be interesting to find out if any of these people have been cured. Of diseases after they got abducted, which I haven't that's interesting too. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you know. It's it's funny you guys bring that up tonight because I don't think there's ever been uh, an in-depth study into abductees when it comes to any diseases like this. I don't think I've ever read anything dealing with this. So that's that's one of the things. If he had lived one day, I, I've talked to Friedman. I I have correspondence with Richard Hoagland. I bug George Norrie in my videos. Guys in Pittsburgh. <laughs> And he's sending me his cookbook. I made fun of his cookbook. The price doubled on Amazon after I did my video. But um, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask Dr. Lear, hey, get someone to the study of these people and see what their medical history is and see if certain things have a predisposition to being abducted or not. That's very like interesting. Like if you have diabetes yeah. or if mm-hmm. you have a kidney dialysis, are you not going to get abducted? Or if you're perfectly right. healthy, you're going to get abducted. Very and I, I'd be curious about, like, Whitley, what his medical history is, which I would have to ask him one day. You know, it's funny. I had um, another fellow on uh, from McGill University, which is uh, in Montreal. It's kind of our, our it'd be our Harvard, if you will, in Canada, to draw an analogy. All right. And his name is Dr. Um, Dunderry, and he did a study. And I asked him, I said, is it possible some of the abductees are using this as a coping mechanism for abuse that they inherited? Not inherited, Mm. but they... Suffered. Suffered. Suffered through when they were kids. And he said he wasn't sure, perhaps in some cases. Yeah. But he said, even then, he said, there's still so many similarities to people that don't have any sexual abuse or any physical or emotional abuse when they're children. And it seems to be generational, generation after generation. And to me, going back to the kid thing again, you know, I'm a big child advocate. This makes me crazy. If I was a parent and couldn't protect my kids, oh, my God. You know, and how much of it has to be... uh 
attributed to like sleep paralysis and other things like that. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I, I suffered uh, for, from sleep paralysis for years. I mean, I had sure. I was like I was the typical uh, person who had sleep paralysis. You know, they would you know wake up, not be able to move, uh, look around the room, see things walking around, or, or feel things walking around. I had that happen a lot to me. I don't think I was ever abducted. I just think that you know it's just uh, something that uh, is wrong with the brain when you're sleeping, and something just happens. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I mean, how, how many of uh, of those people fall back asleep? have a dream that they're abducted and then when they wake up it's so vivid that they really believe that they were abducted and they were taken uh how many of that happens to people that are you know maybe fans of the genre of ufology and maybe watched the movie a few weeks ago and that's just stayed in their subconscious mind uh and you know they True, had this dream. Right. i mean this could be uh, you, you know you could check off a lot of uh, thick cases of abduction with uh, certain easy explanations like that but there's always that one little bit of you know percentage left over which you can't explain and that's uh, the the ones that really are fascinating and could be uh true stories i think there is some truth to abduction cases i don't want to dismiss them all so yeah i think I really so don't. too can i tell you you know we kind of beat around the bush about a certain celebrity with a uh a ufo <laughs> oh my UFO. friend let me tell you one thing i never beat around the bush but okay. continue okay <laughs> if, we ha- if we have to say the name you can say uh, i guess Stan no, Romanek well, was on the show correct. and yeah. um, several years ago, and I was talking to him in all sincerity, and I, because I believe I believe him, I really do. I, I think you know perhaps he's gone off a certain degree, but I'll tell you the story. I'll cut to the chase. I said, "Can you describe the aliens that come and get you?" And I thought he was going to say, "Yeah, the typical gray." And he said, "Well, at what age?" And I said, "Well, when you were a kid." And he said, "Well, he said the." The aircraft came down, the the spaceship it was circular, and uh, kind of describing, I guess, Close Encounters of the Three Kind, I thought. Right, Third Kind movie, yeah. Yeah, that, I said The Three Kind, and it is. Yeah. <laughs> I do apologize, and I've been composing all day for a score, and okay, poor Brenton, I should have had an extra cup of coffee at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's okay, really we won't beat you up too much on it, don't worry. Thank no, it is God. 3 in the morning almost, so you're, you're forgiven. Go Thank ahead. you, my friend. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You are in our time zone. I recently read an article saying exactly what you brought up, that some of these people, it's actually a transferred memory of being abused as children. You know, he told me that the door opened up on the spacecraft, and this alien came out, and I said, well, what did it look like? He said, well, I was only eight years old. To me, it looked like a fireman. So I said, okay, we continued the rest of the show, and I let it go, right? Now, unbeknownst to him and unbeknownst to a guy who came up to me, and I'm not going to mention his name, but he, he came up to me in confidence at the radio station, and he's a minister. So he doesn't really listen to my show or anything. Not that he's against it. It's just not his thing. And he said, can I tell you something in confidence? And I said, of course, and I've never revealed his name since. He said, we were down in... Um, let me pick an island. Uh, I won't give you the real island. Barbados. And I was six years old. My brother was eight years old. Spaceship came down. Right around supper time. My father was inside cooking supper for us. Spaceship came down. Door opened. Out walked an alien. But you know the funny thing is, Brent? And I said, what? It looked like a fireman. And I get goosebumps right now and every time I say that. Because these were two guys with absolutely no connection. He doesn't listen to the show. Same description. 
Maybe there's a race fireman on a planet somewhere. We got fifty four different kinds of aliens. Now the fifty fifth now. You found a new race. National planet firemen. Who the hell knows? Maybe, maybe George. I think you might be the best caller we ever have on this show. By the way, maybe it's all those guys that died, God forbid, in uh, in in nine eleven, and they went to another planet. They're coming back as physical beings. Uh, All those firemen and first, first, uh, what's it, what's the word? First, um, first responders. God, first, first responders, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So Maybe they're coming back. You know? That's I'm, weird. I've never heard a fireman before. Yeah, that's new. That's new to me. And you know, I, I've interviewed Stan also in the past, and I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, Brent. I really, I'm opposite from you. I really don't believe uh, the story. And you know, at first it was very interesting, and I want to believe. Okay. It's like everything. It's like the alien autopsy video in the '90s. I really wanted to believe that video. Mm-hmm. You know, I was one of those people that just I was like, yeah, man, an alien on the slab table. Look at that. It's dead and it's real. And then it turned out to be fake. And when when I interviewed Stan. There was, you know, there's something about him. I, I could tell he's a very good speaker. He knows uh, his story really well. He can present it very well. He's very uh, approachable. He seems like a very nice guy. But you know, throughout history, a lot of really nice guys who are really good speakers have been really evil and done really evil acts. And he, I'm not saying I got that vibe that he was evil or anything like that. Uh, but from looking at the video proof, from looking at the evidence, and there was a video, and he had really a rough month, let's be honest. Uh, he got caught hoaxing in a video, in an interview. I don't know if you saw that. No. Uh, ho- hoaxing no, paranormal activity. This is hilarious. hysterical. He was doing an interview, and I'll link it to you guys here in a minute. Uh, he was doing an interview on video. And I think the uh, interviewee or the interviewer was in Australia. And in the video, you could, you know, they're talking about paranormal activity that he's had and whatnot. And at one point, he flicks, like, what looks like a uh, piece of paper or something towards himself. And it hits him on the head. And he's trying to play it off like that was, you know, a ghost that threw something at him. Was he messing around and joking? No, he was, like, dead serious. And he started looking around like saying, what was that? How did that happen? Where, where did that come from? And he was trying to sell it as a serious thing, and so, the host just the host kept going like he just he kept playing. And, and, he was playing and who is this again? A uh, Stan Roman. This is Stan Romanek. Oh, Stan Romanek. Okay. Right, uh, and I'll look. I'll post the link right now also because we're you know we're short on time, so I don't want to go over too much. Uh, but I'm gonna post the link here uh, so you guys can look at it on the Skype, and I will post it on our Facebook account also so you guys can check it out there. Yeah, uh, nice. but, Thank you. Not only is he caught that one time, he does it again, and he flicks what looks like a, a USB drive or something like that up in the air, and it hits him in the head. And then he looks around like, oh, my God, what is that? You see, this is, happens to me all the time, these ghosts, and he starts going on, on about the story. Now, the thing is, well, he, and, and, and this is something that I've seen people do before on video when they're trying to hoax something on video in a quick type of setting like this. I think what happened here is Stan didn't notice the camera, how wide it was capturing, and it actually captured at one point his hand flicking the drive into the air. <laughs> Busted. Sorry. Completely. So, I mean, I just, like I said, I just linked it on there again. It'll be on the uh, Facebook page here in a minute. But yeah, I'm calling uh, you know, that Squatch. Okay. Once I saw once I saw that video, I you know to me that was enough uh, to know that Stan Romanek is either a not playing with a full deck, or b he's doing this stuff on purpose to deceive us and. And, I, you know, that really ticks me off. And it's just another black eye for ufology in general to have a person like that doing stuff like that. And, you know, let's be honest. The, when he came forward, he was very vocal about the evidence he had and he had all this stuff. Look, I'm buddies with uh, with people at MUFON. I, I'm friends with Alejandro Rojas. And, you know, they, these all these guys supported the heck out of this guy, uh, th- which is the reason why I got interested in this case because 
he got so much coverage that you were you were drawn to the case. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where it drew everybody who was interested in this in his subject was drawn to his case immediately. And to be honest with you, just from looking at the evidence over the years, he's presented absolutely nothing that's made me a believer. The alien in the window, anybody could do that. With, techno- with the way technology is. I mean, we were saying earlier how advanced yeah. technology is, right? Yeah, and the little rubber guy. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't take... It, and I saw another... And this is the thing. This is what I love about Stan's videos. There's a couple of videos of him uh, or of his that he's put on the internet. And there's another one that has a little alien also. It's in one of the rooms. And it's peeking through, like, the side, like, where the wall is. And it's looking at, like, by the wall. And now, let me, let me say something. If you're going to try to pick up aliens, at least let me see the whole body. If you're going to pick something up, why is it every time it's behind something, you know, cleverly disguising who's holding the puppet up, I guess? I mean, why is there a blurry because video Because you need every to have time? the puppeteer behind it, and you can't exactly. That's, that's the problem, and that's exactly... The, the, every single video I've seen from Stan is very easy to, to just dismiss, and that's my main problem with Stan Romanek. Look, uh, like I said before, it, I hope he has his day in court. If, uh, if, and he will have his day in court, obviously. Uh, if the guy is innocent, by all means, I hope that, uh, you know, he, he gets his justice and, uh, everybody who, you know, concocted this hoax against him to take him down are brought to the light and, you know, and everything, uh, works well for him. If he is guilty, though, <laughs> uh, we'll if this torture. man is guilty, because, Torture's you know, there is nothing worse than the crimes against children. As far as I'm concerned, that is the lowest of the low, folks. I mean, you can't get any lower than that. Uh, if he is guilty, burn him at the stake. Amen. That's just my take. Just uh, by the way, I've known two people who have gotten falsely accused of child molestation by Child Protective Services, and they went through hell to get their children back. So... Mm. Uh, for what it what it's worth on that. There's another thing about the the alien in the window, except for the case in New York where the lady floated out of her window was supposedly seen by the Secretary General of the UN. I yes. never seen the aliens abduct anybody of people live in apartments. Like I've heard of New York and floor, I, I've heard of stories in New like York. That. Yeah, but yeah. nowhere else. They're always in the first floor. The aliens don't want to go higher than that. They don't know how to use an elevator or the stairs or something. They don't still get that part. Well, you know, folks, I live in Canada, and I always say that, you know, we have aliens that are out in the open here, and they live in a place called Ottawa, except we call them politicians. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, no, 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 no. Those are pre-prison you know, people. I've been in Toronto. My, my relatives live in Mississauga, so there you, know, you the go. aliens get confused with the name changes. It used to be nice, friendly Port Credit. Then I, I can spell Port Credit. <laughs> Who the hell changed it to Mississauga? For God's sake, I have no One idea. One of my pet peeves. Yeah, you know, George, Mississippi. George, you've been great. We're almost out of time here. I do have to let you go. Uh, we have All to right, uh, nice wrap up in a Thank few minutes, but. Thank you for calling in, and please don't be a stranger. Call in whenever you like, my okay. friend. All right, Pleasure bye-bye. speaking with you, George. Take care. Oh, that was a great call. That's right okay. there. That that would probably go down, uh, Alan, as the the call of the year so far. What do you think? No, it's uh, the call of the year so far. Yeah. I think we're going to get better. I hope so. I hope we get a lot more callers in the future. Uh, it's uh, you know, Stan Romanek. Going back to the the whole thing with Stan. 
Uh, it's it's really a messed up case because you know it's child pornography again. You know how many times have we've not heard somebody in the ufological community or in the paranormal community or somewhere in the conspiracy world be charged with these kind of allegations? Uh, it seems like this is the one charge that they always throw at him. But uh, there's so much evidence here, and this is where you know I this is where I'm convinced that there's definitely something here, Brent. Um, well, speaking of the, definitely something here, um, Earth Day is coming up on April 22nd, and um, CBC asked me to put together a little two-minute vignette because I had interviewed Jane Goodall. And folks, you, you okay. may not be aware of this, uh, but Jane Goodall believes in Bigfoot. And oh, she no has good. perfect reasons for it, too. She said, uh, I just sent you, um, by the way, through Skype, a little embed code. If you want to put that on your website, please feel free to. It's a high-def little two-minute vignette of Jane Goodall being interviewed by me and uh, her opinions on Bigfoot. Essentially, she says, and I'll paraphrase, that she's been in so many aboriginal villages around the world, deep in the woods, some more deep than others, and they all have the same type of story, that Hmm. there's usually two creatures, one's a bigger, furry beast, but not an ape, not a chimpanzee, larger than that. Uh, very humanistic, and um, she said, you know, whether whether you go to uh, northern BC, they call it Sasquatch, or the Abominable Snowman, or Bigfoot, every every culture has a similar type of creature, and she said, it's just too many reports, like we're getting with UFOs, I'll draw that analogy, for it to be ignored. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Anyways, if um, we, you want to put that gotta, on your, your thing, go ahead. Yeah, we'll put that on there. We definitely want to have you back on in the future. We'll definitely get into a, a, a Bigfoot. But, yeah. No, but finishing off uh, my thought here real quick on, on the whole Stan Romanek thing, because uh, it's really important. Uh, this part of what I wanted to say was that the government would not spend so much money and time and effort uh, looking you know, into something like this. Uh, if there wasn't something there, if if look, if the government wants to take you down, they could do it within 24 hours tops. Agreed. Oh yeah, I believe there that. was such a long investigation. This goes this goes back to 2008, folks. Uh, you're talking about years they were investigating, years, and they were getting tips. Uh, they tracked IP addresses. I mean, there's all kinds of evidence here that is more solid than the alien in the window. Agreed. Did you so, ever have Paul Hellyer on your show? The actually, Canadian I have defense minister. Yes, I've had Paul Hilliard on the show. So you know, Not on this show, but on a different show. Okay, so you know his viewpoints, and, and that's coming yep. from a pretty heavy, um, credible person. Yeah. He was no, almost Prime Minister of Canada, by the way. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that uh, it's real, though. I mean... Well, okay, that's true, too. But uh, I'm just saying that, you know, there seems to be more and more people willing to come forward with um, buried... Uh, documents that we've never seen before, and I think the more documents we can get, oh yes, yeah. we'll get yep. it. We'll get into the reality of it all. Oh, I agreed with that. I mean, look at all the stuff from the MOD, and there you go. All the files that's coming. Yeah, you know, a lot of that stuff. Uh, again, look like we were saying, even about the uh, the uh, the sleep paralysis and stuff earlier. A lot sure, of that stuff could sure. be. Ex- there's a lot of stuff that could be explained away, but there is you know, a certain percentage that always stays unexplained and that's the percentage that we need to get to and explain away and the only way we, we could do that obviously is we have uh, full disclosure from all our governments which again probably won't happen in our lifetime sadly enough but if there's well, anybody to support on that subject is our good friend Stephen Bassett so uh, please uh, you know 
mm-hmm. check out PRG's website and support what he's going through right now. And this month, uh, you know, they're getting all that stuff ready, and uh, they already sent out everything to uh, everybody in Congress for uh, so they could look at the packages and and uh, see the uh, presentation they put together for them. And uh, hopefully that brings disclosure one day. Hopefully. That would be very sweet. Very, yeah, very probably sweet. won't be in our lifetime, though, that which stinks. But anyway, uh, Brent, it's been a blast having you on, man. And I really want to have Absolutely, you back on so we can talk, yes. we can talk about I've Bigfoot. I had a blast. I, I feel like we've been all together forever. That is no terrific. Kidding. <laughs> it's a small Real quick, world be, before we, <laughs> be, before we uh, go off air and Alan starts singing a little bit more, uh, once again, give your website address and uh, tell everybody about your show, when they can hear it and all that good stuff. Oh, sure. Um, my show is actually on Revolution Radio. But if you just go to the www.nightfrightshow.com website, all the shows are there the, in the archives for free for you to download. It's a paranormal conspiracy show. Uh, it's known as Canada's uh, Coast to Coast. Uh, I get a lot of the same uh, guests on. I get a lot of different guests as well. My big forte is JFK. I, uh, as I said before, Ted Sorensen was my friend, and I've written a book on the Kennedy assassination. Well, I'll let it out of the bag. Ted Soren confirms assassination. And that's from the inner circle, folks. And wow. It, yeah, right. bingo. It, not a coup d'etat, mm. but it, it was a conspiracy. And uh, that's going to be revealed in my book, which is out, according to my publisher, next week. So don't hold me to that, because I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you, Deborah. Yeah, Deborah. We, we definitely got to have you back on and talk about that book. I mean, that sounds interesting. Can you give me a PDF copy so I can check out the book or something? Absolutely. Absolutely. No problem. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take that. that as a read also. And by the way, if, if you want to have me on for paranormal questions uh, or some places that I've been and photo and video, I guess you can interview me if you want to. It's funny because you must add clairvoyant to your list of attributes because I was just going to ask the two of you on my show. Yeah, I, I called the psychic hotline beforehand uh, uh, and they uh, told me. Uh, uh, but you think they would have gone out – you know, the psychic hotline went out of business. You think they would have known that it was coming? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It's Miss Cleo. Call me now before I close up shop. guys we're all out of time unfortunately here on the dark matter radio network uh loved having brent on brent you're awesome i loved our caller he was awesome uh for everybody listening for my uh, co-host alan for our chief keith roland this is sky watchers radio i'm angel and we'll catch you next week live here stick around there's more programming coming up next we have open minds for you folks So listen up to Alejandro Rojas and Jason McClellan on Open Minds Radio, right here on Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. Talk to you next week.